Hi there, and thanks for joining us. Coming up on this week's podcast, cybersecurity after the HSE hack, selling a house in the pandemic, MTU is looking for entrepreneurs, and forget TedFest, we hear about TechFest in Cork. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Cybersecurity has very much been at the top of the agenda for the last little while after the hack of the HSE and the fact that our National Health Service was held to ransom. But uh, our next guest is somebody who's very familiar with the threat posed by criminals like that and uh, his company is certainly getting noticed in the world of cybersecurity. It's called Guard You and I'm joined by Darren Sexton who's the Chief Executive. Darren, how are you? I'm very good, Jonathan. Thanks for having us on. It's been a busy week, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's been really interesting. Uh, the HSC incident uh, has really, I suppose, raised cybersecurity to the head of everybody's uh, agenda again. So for us, it's it's uh, very exciting, but um, nobody wants to profit from anyone else's um, misfortune, I suppose. How challenging has it been to try and reassure everyone else in the middle of of all of that activity? Well, I suppose it's important to remember that uh, this this was not a, a personal attack on Ireland, or it, it wasn't a targeted attack. I mean, these are, are criminal organisations, and and they're indiscriminate. They they create something. Uh, they put it out there and they just hope somebody uh, will take the bait. I mean, to um, to use a kind of COVID analogy, it's uh, ransomware is like COVID. Um, we do know in this case that it was created in a lab somewhere, but it, it, it's just released. And, um, you know, if you're not wearing your mask, if you're not protecting yourself, washing your hands, checking everything, somebody will infect you with it. Somebody will click on a link. Somebody will download something and uh, you will be hit with it. Uh, we know that here in Cork, we have a cybersecurity cluster, which is really, really good. And lots of companies, including your own, are, are working in this space. How did you end up in cybersecurity? Yeah, uh, great question. And um, I worked for a couple of companies in Cork, uh, some great companies. I, I worked with McAfee for, for three years. And then I moved to a company called Trend Micro for, for another two and a half years. And, um, you know, two great companies uh, based in Cork and developing a lot of skills within within the region. And uh, there are many other companies in, in Cork that are involved in cybersecurity. So I, I, I kind of, I suppose, did my apprenticeship um, with, with the big guys before we, we uh, spun out and, and did our own thing. Well, your timing is good then because you're looking to raise two million from investors at a funding round. Um, will everything that has gone on in the last little while help your efforts, do you think? Well, I, I, I think it proves that cybersecurity is, is a, a hot topic at the moment and, and it's an industry where there is always a demand for finding ways of doing things, um, I suppose, quicker, cheaper, faster. And if you can uh, deliver a product on the back of those three things that is, is very reliable and gives you a lot of valuable information, you will grab the attention of, of potential investors. And that's what we're looking to do. 
Is it the case that this is just going to be a growth industry for the next while? There's going to be more Conti-style ransomware attacks. There's going to be more DDoS, which has happened an awful lot this week as well, with some internet service providers in particular being targeted. Uh, The hits are going to keep coming, so there will be a lot of growth in the sector for the good guys. Yeah, yeah, the, the the hits just keep on coming. It's um, it is. It's uh, unfortunately it it's not going to go away, and it is going to become more and more prevalent uh, as years go by. Uh, I think you know the fact that uh, it's Conti or Wizard Spider Group or that that's all irrelevant. It's it's just the technology is out there, and and these groups share information, share technology, and. Um, you know, a bit like terrorist organizations, there's different cells. And as you you can get rid of one, but another will pop up in its place. So this is here for the long term. And, mm. um, you know, it's, it's, it's just going to increase. I mean, you, you have cases, I was on a call last week um, about uh, how the cyber uh, criminality community in China works. And, and we were told about how... Um, some some people are working for the government during the day on on nation state attacks, and they go home in the evening and they moonlight for their own personal benefit. So, they, you know, some guys are at it twenty four hours a day. Mm. And how can a company in Little Old Ireland uh, make a dent in something that is a global problem? Or is is geography not really an issue anymore as to where the best expertise is located on something like this? Yeah, I, I, I think it's a global problem and it, it doesn't, uh, location really doesn't matter. It's all about the, the skill sets you have and um, it's it's the team you have around you and, and their knowledge. So we're based in Cork. We came through the Cork International Cyber Security Accelerator in 2018. And uh, at the moment, we're a member of uh, Enterprise Ireland's High Potential Startup Program. So we're, we're putting together a, a good team. We, we do have a, a team in Ukraine also. And uh, Ukraine is, is a hotbed um, for cyber security experience at the moment because of their noisy neighbors. Uh, Ukraine gets uh, used as a, a test bed for a lot of the latest technology that criminals are using. So we find, you know, our team, you know, across two geographies can get a whole lot of experience uh, in, in what's going on across the globe. Um, finally, uh, what does this mean for growth for the company? If you do get this funding grant, how big are you going to be? Oh, well, it, definitely we want to expand the team in Ireland. We're, we're looking to uh, employ in the region of uh, an extra 20 people over the next 12 months. And we're looking to to scale our operations and and um, uh, deploy some boots on the ground in in the the US and uh, and try and expand over there. Uh, Cybersecurity is huge opportunity in the US, especially with the US government uh, introducing their new cybersecurity maturity certification model, which um, means all companies that supply the uh, US government with any products need to adhere to a certain standard of cybersecurity. We see that as a huge mm-hmm. opportunity for us because we can help them achieve that certification in a much quicker, less expensive way. Okay, it sounds like we're trying to put a gate uh, uh, on the stable long after a horse has left, but uh, we'll get there eventually, I'm sure. Darren Sexton, an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Uh, the company is called Guard U, that's Y-O-O, and uh, best luck to you and your partners moving forward, Darren. Many thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for having us on.
Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork. Audie McLaughlin from AML Property. How are you? I'm great, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to have you on. Um, you set up a business at the beginning of the pandemic. Great, great timing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I actually couldn't have probably, um, I couldn't have set up at a better time. No, I, to be honest, I had always wanted to set up a business and um, the plan was to launch the business at the end of you know February, start of March. But unfortunately, um, a couple of days after I collected the keys from my office, uh, we went into lockdown. So there was a period of time between the middle of March and April where, where I kind of thought, was this a good idea or was it not? Um, but I went ahead with it and um, I followed through and launched the business on LinkedIn and Instagram uh, on the 28th of April 2020. So it's just just over a year now. So when you are in the business that you're in, getting into properties is very important, showing people around, meeting people. You can't press the flesh anymore, but pressing the flesh used to be a thing. How how, how easy has it been to operate over the last 12 months or so? So like everybody, like everybody has had to adjust um, and everything had to go digital at a really um, quick speed. So at the time when I, when I started the business, um, I was in CIT, or now it's known as MTU, and um, I was completing the course in business and sales management. And um, one of one of the lectures was on um, the digital environment. So from that, I was able to to start using some of the um, skills that I had used there and bring the business plan online. So what I did was create a different and digital channels like Instagram and Facebook, LinkedIn. But I started creating videos online so that I could showcase properties that I had available. Um, and as well as that, we weren't able to carry out viewings in person. So I all of my viewings went from in person to going um, to the property and carrying out viewings online through Zoom or okay. WhatsApp video call. What, what, what I know of the industry, it's changed a hell of a lot. Uh, digitalization had started to creep in. But did you find yourself at an advantage then that you didn't, in your own company at least, have bad habits? You got to set it up as digital first. Absolutely. No, that was a, that was a huge advantage because from the get-go, I really had to utilise the digital side of the business. And... Um, like learning how to create videos and editing and even simple things like just having the right equipment, getting a gimbal for like my, my phone so that it was when, when I was carrying out these live virtual viewings that it was a smooth viewing that people were able to get some kind of idea of what they were looking at because you cannot um, take away the fact that a viewing in person is so much better than a digital viewing, but we had to work with what we had available to us. And um, and it worked. Now, I specialize mainly in residential lettings. So there was a lot more people moving than what we had, had anticipated. And um, so with the letting side of things, the rules were slightly different. So people had the opportunity, if they were going to go ahead with the property, they would start off with like a virtual viewing. And if 
they were going to proceed, they had the option to view it in person before paying the deposit on that day. So that was slightly different to some of the sales aspects. Mm. But uh, you have a real challenge, though. It's not in how you do your business. It's not having enough properties. How have you been able to manage that on top of everything else? And is is that a great thing for the people who are looking to let and sell and terrible for those who are looking for somewhere to live and buy? So there's a huge shortage in supply. Um, so that is a major issue that, that, that is there on, in the market at the moment, um, unfortunately, an awful lot of private um, landlords are leaving the market, um, but you still have a huge demand. So, yes, it was a challenge to get the properties in, but um, I suppose over the past year, through different marketing and um, just referrals um, and different reasons why people have to rent their properties, they have reached out to me and asked me if I could, you know, find them a suitable tenant and just get things organized because it was really hard to get things done over the last year because everything was closed. Mm. So does it get better from here? We we consistently hear stories about the property market being in a jocker and uh, everything that is tried doesn't work. What's your professional take on it? Uh, are we going to see increased supply? Is it going to get easier to buy or rent a home? So this is the question that everyone wants to know. How can we, how can we increase supply? Um, like the government really need to do something about um, increasing the supply of property. Like at the moment, the majority of the Irish landlords in the market, according to the SRI, over 70% um, of landlords, they own one property. So um, these are not the vulture funds that we hear all about. Um, like a large proportion of the supply is is actually private owners who own maybe one to two properties. I think it's about 86% of private tenancies and they own less than two. So um, maybe if there was something done that they could bring, you know, some kind of encouragement to people to continue renting their properties for, for tenants rather than leaving, leaving the market uh, for sales. But um, the government definitely needs to do something about making it more attractive to people to um, to stay in the in the market. At, at the moment, we we talk about tire kickers an awful lot. People used to go around to house fees the whole time. They'd be tire kickers. No intention of ever buying the house, and they'd be in there. And I'd say the estate agents always hate them. There's probably no tire kickers. Is it, is it good to have gotten rid of them? That the people who you're viewing to and talking to are the genuine ones, uh, and, and that the the hobbyists are gone out. Yes, so they definitely are. So when it comes to sales, and over the past year, um, people would have to show that they had, um, you know, they had their financial uh, situation in place, and that they. They, they had their mortgage approval before that these virtual viewings were carried out. So that did cut out um, a lot of that. Um, but now, are you confident that your business, Anya, has a, a real future? There's a very competitive sector out there. Uh, do you think that you now will see out this current crisis, if we can call it that, and, uh, and and then just build on that going forward? 
Definitely. So, like, there's many different reasons why people would use um, the services of AML Property Services. So, we do lettings and we do sales, but there are many different reasons why people, for example, need to rent their property. Like, what I have found over the last year, especially, um, it may be for some reason that somebody has, you know, they have a property in Cork, they've got a new job, um, and they need to rent it out because they're leaving Cork and the the money that they um they the money that they get for the rent is paying for the rent in their new property. So you're always going to have um those clients who who need the help of the professional service to find the right tenant for them and to make sure the their property is protected. Um, the other situation as well is there's always going to be um people who have outgrown their properties. And that they need a different, you know, they're, they're, they've outgrown it. Their family has expanded and they need something different. So there's always going to be a need for, um, there's always going to be a need for people um, t- to take care of their property when they can't do it for themselves. All right. Okay, well, look, we wish you the very best of luck. Your offices are in the city centre. And if anyone's looking for you, amlpropertycork at gmail.com. And I'm sure they'll find lots of information if they just Google AML Property. But for now, Ani McLaughlin, uh, thanks for joining us on Red Business. Thank you, Jonathan. Take care. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Well, we heard mention of Munster Technological University in our last interview, so uh, it's a good way to introduce my next guest. Um, I'm delighted to be joined by Josette O'Malan, who is the Innovation and Enterprise Manager at MTU. Hi, Josette. How are you? Hello, Jonathan. Nice to be here. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. Three and a half million is being spent in the Southwest on enterprise development, and you, as a result, have launched an entrepreneur recruitment campaign. Who are you looking for? We have indeed launched a campaign. We're looking for individuals in employment um, or otherwise um, in between careers, potentially with an idea that they would like to explore further and validate with potentially um, the ambition to, to start their own business, Jonathan. Um, we have uh, a lot of good entrepreneurs coming through. In fact, the last 12 months has kind of accelerated the process a little bit. Uh, but I'm presuming you have to filter it a small bit, do you? Who exactly oh, are you looking for? We, we absolutely do. And, and, and our filtering process actually is built into the programme um, structure itself. So we have a phase one, a phase two and a phase three. So in phase one, we really invite people to submit expressions of interest. And we uh, allow them participate on a program to part time to help them validate the ideas. So um, we're not looking any particular type of person. We're looking for people with ideas who are interested and passionate about those ideas, Jonathan. And of course, MTU is uh, the organisation formerly known as CIT and Tree Institute of Technology. So therefore, uh, you have got bases in both Cork and Kerry to choose from. Absolutely. And we're recruiting for um, Cork and Kerry. Kerry are recruiting for a phase one, in fact. We're in the middle of a phase one in Cork. But here in Cork itself, we're actually recruiting for a phase two. So you don't actually have to have participated on phase one to get on to phase two. Now, it does help in terms of validating your idea. But in Cork at the moment, we're, we're actually recruiting for a phase two itself. 
We know that this is a tried and trusted route for companies to grow. I mean, there's some fantastic supports out there from the local enterprise offices. And if you get bigger than Enterprise Ireland, particularly if you're exporting abroad, uh, it's tapping that potential is so important. And you've had good history, good track record of the companies coming through um, that have gone on to bigger and better things, if I can put it that way. We, we have. We have a very high um, success rate for participants that participate on the programme. Um, I think it, certainly in Cork and Kerry, the success rate is about 70%, which would be much higher than a, an ordinary, um, if somebody went went ahead and started a business without the supports that are available. And and the reason we, we that success rate is as high as it is, is because of the interventions and the supports that we provide. We help um, the entrepreneurs validate the ideas very early on in, in, in the development of the startup. And they have a lot of access to tools and expertise to help them with that validation. Um, so if, if they might be, even if they're on the wrong track initially, they often pivot during the process based on the supports and intervention and the training and the mentoring they get. So they don't spend too much time going down maybe a blind alley because we, we kind of bring them back and say, well, maybe you should consider this, this option instead. So I think that's part of the reason for the success rate and absolutely access to the massive network and support infrastructure that's there um, for entrepreneurs because while Enterprise Ireland fund the programme, the local enterprise offices are very much involved in the running of the programme, the selection of the participants. And we have um, entrepreneur uh, and startup experts, both in, in the Rubicon Centre in Cork and the Tom Queen Business Centre in Kerry. So they are available um, for one-to-one support and mentoring on an ongoing basis for the participants. They also have the network, uh, access to a network of, of, of funders, um, and also uh, very specifically to this type of acceleration program is the access to the applied research, prototyping and testing facilities that are available in MTU for startups. And that's that's very important for, for a certain type of startups mm. in particular. Now, you're not you're not looking for a long term commitment here. This isn't a three year course. It's, it's six all. weeks. Through, put them through the washing machine and, and send them out the far side in a better condition. So uh, you're asking people just to to maybe take time to test the theory before they move on. Yes. Well, the, the, the initial phase one is, 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 is the washing machine stage, as you describe it. And it's six weeks part time to facilitate people who have other commitments and also have um, jobs. So they're usually one in the evenings um, and also, so that's the first phase. And then phase two is a full time six month commitment. And we do expect a fairly significant commitment over that six months because they do get a stipend of 15,000 euros to tie them over that six months to maybe pay the mortgage, keep the wolf from the door, to give them that space to commit to the idea for okay. six months. So in other words, it, it is a good process. If you get in, you can continue to grow further and, and, yeah. and it road test those theories. Well, you're looking for 80 applicants across Cork and Kerry. I think all the details are available uh, on the website, which is rubiconcentre.ie. Is that right? That's correct, Jonathan, yes. And we can direct okay. the, the, the inquiries then to Kerry if we do get some Kerry applicants into the Rubicon Centre as well. Well, we're very nice in Cork like that. Oh, we'll yeah. always look after our cousins in Kerry if they come across the border looking for something. Gisetto Milan, Innovation and Enterprise Manager at MTU. It's been a pleasure talking to you and good luck with it. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Thank you. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork.
What another year has rolled round, which means that TechFest is on the agenda again. It's happening uh, from the 25th to the 27th of May, still in the virtual world as it was last year. But I'm delighted to be joined by William Dalton uh, of Trend Micro, who is the chair of the TechFest planning committee. William, how are you? I'm very good. Thanks for having me. Uh, Still virtual, um, but what have you planned? Uh, yeah, obviously we're 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 not in the stages where we can get back to a physical event. Obviously, that's our plan next year. Uh, fingers crossed. Um, so we're still doing a virtual event this year. We're we're doing a few things a little bit different. So we, we've used a new platform this year, with, which allows more, I would say, immersive experience for the attendees. Um, we have a a very strong lineup of uh, speakers from our, all around the globe. Um, over thirty different speakers uh, in total. And we've it, we've changed it to a three-day event, which is running in morning to noon, uh, from the 25th to the 27th. So, um, we we've also kind of we're probably in the first step of a pivot of the event. Obviously, last year was called Tech Summit, and we've changed it this year to Tech Fest. And we want to introduce more of a, a festival feel for the event. Uh, as I said, more of an immersive experience. Uh, we've we've some new elements this year with um, uh, influences from. Uh, comedic influences with uh, Reggie from uh, Black Rock Road. I think he, you might be familiar with him. I, I'm familiar with his work, yes. Yeah, so he's going to make an appearance. Um, we've also some digital art uh, around our day of Inspire. Um, I'll talk to about the anchor themes in a second. And we also have some uh, music influences as well from the Cork School of Music. So one of the main changes we, we've made in the format and the lineup is we've, we've introduced anchor themes um, around Inspire uh, transform, inspire, and innovate. And the reason we, we want to do this is is uh, every year there's, there's different topics come up, especially around the technology community, where we feel this will give a bit more structure to the event over the next couple of years, where we can we can link those changes that are happening in the in the technology landscape, in, in the environment, and, and bring them back to those anchor themes around innovate, transpire, and, and transform, and, and inspire. So that's that's new. Um, as I said, more of a festival feel, that's new, and also the platform as well this year. Um, we're allowing more of an immersive experience, more of a social interaction experience, uh, the ability for people to network on the platform as well, which is going to be new. Okay. And uh, yeah, so it's looking really, really promising this year. I'm guessing cybersecurity is the theme? Uh, it's it's one one element in in the transform day. Um, it's not a, an overarching theme. Um, so we've we've kind of brought the themes back to inspire, transform, and innovate. Um, obviously, with, with everything that's happening at the moment, um, there there there'll be a lot of topics around that in that cybersecurity session for sure. What else are you going to talk about? So for day one, we have Marcus Weldon is going to kick off our keynote around solving the future value equation for work life balance. And um, this is going to be really interesting to figure out for everyone how we get out of this post-pandemic era and, and what we've learned from uh, the pandemic and how we take that forward in our, in our working lives. That's going to be really interesting. Our keynote on day two will be from Rory Fitzgerald. He's the CEO of the National Space Centre, and he'll be talking about how we transform the Earth from space. And this will be really interesting around the future, how we provide internet connectivity uh, with this satellite coverage and providing special internet connectivity to parts of the world that couldn't get it before. So that, that would be really interesting. And then on the Inspire Day, day three, we have Caroline Dowling, uh, who's uh, going to talk about innovation by connection in the next decade. And that'll be really interesting. So we'll finish really on a positive note and inspiring note on our, on our third day. Okay, so the website address, if anyone's trying to find you and get tickets, where do they go? 
So they can go to ITA Cork uh, website and you'll basically get a direction there to go to our, our platform, our Hopin platform, and they can register for tickets. Okay, um, the good thing uh, there is uh, Skillnet provided 100 free tickets for everybody as well. So I'd, I'd, I'd encourage people to, to get on that to get their free ticket. Okay, well, you can't beat a free ticket, but there are tickets available for sale as well if they're all gone. It's running from the 25th to the 27th of May. Chair of the TechFest Planning Committee, William Dalton. Thanks for talking to us, Willie. Thank you, Jonathan. My thanks, as always, to all of my guests. Don't forget, you can download every episode now from redextra.ie. Mayfeen was the producer this week, and we'll catch you on the next one. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork.